You are listening to episode number three of the Teacher's Guide podcast. Gentlemen, what are the four pillars? Now you all remember how scary your first days at school were. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Hello and welcome to the Teacher's Guide podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Zach Woodward. I'm a primary school teacher from Brisbane, Australia, and I will be your host each week. The aim of this podcast is to share information and experiences that will help all teachers to thrive in their role, particularly aimed at those who are in the first few years of their teaching career and those who are aspiring teachers. We like each episode to be short and to the point, so let's get into it. The topic for today's episode is the Teacher's Guide to Parent-Teacher Interviews. And to all of the beginner teachers out there who are listening, who might have their very first parent-teacher interview coming up soon, I hope that this episode is particularly useful to you. So let's get straight into today's tips. The first tip is to have a personalized, positive story about each student. And this is, this is really important. And if you can, try and begin each parent-teacher interview with this story. Because a parent-teacher interview is a chance for parents to hear how their child is going at school in all areas. And when a parent comes to an interview, they already have a pretty good idea of how their child is going academically. This is because they've seen report cards and they've seen their child do homework after school. So they, they have a pretty good idea of where they're sitting academically. But what a lot of parents really want to know when they come to a parent-teacher interview is how is their child going socially? Or how is their child's personality being expressed at school as opposed to home? So if you can start each interview with a story uh, that's really personal and that shows that you know the student quite well, it's a great way to start the interview. And also, if you start with this personal story, it shows the parents that you know their student and you've taken the time to get to know their child. And this is a great way to get parents on board from the beginning of your interview. So it's really something that you don't need to write down formally. You don't need to read from a script about the, the, um, the positive story. Just have a dot point ready for you to read and remind you of what story you're going to tell the parent. So for example, you might say, um, your daughter told the class a really great story the other day about your pet bird and she seemed so excited about it and the class loved hearing from her. She spoke confidently and it was great to see her shine and talk about her pet bird. A story as simple as that. Or you might say, your son's interest interest in aviation is fascinating and he often comes up to me after class and tells me interesting facts about planes. And just that short quick story to start off the interview shows the parent that you know their child, you've taken the time to get to know them, and you care about them. So that is the first tip, a personalized positive story about each student. The second tip is to make sure that you don't drop any major pieces of information in the interview that may be of a surprise to the parents. And what I mean by that is that the parent-teacher interview really isn't the time to tell a parent that, that their child is failing at maths or that their child is the class bully. And it's definitely not the time to tell a parent that you think their child needs formal testing to uh, reach some sort of diagnosis. All major pieces of information like this really need to be communicated very early on and pretty much as soon as you notice these things happening. And this advice was given to me in my final year of university by one of our lecturers. And he said to us that, 
our parent-teacher interviews actually start from day one of term one. And whenever we notice something that we think parents need to be aware of, to communicate that with them straight away. And another great thing he said was that when you're doing this, particularly as a, as a new teacher, when you're communicating information to parents that is somewhat difficult to tell or that, that you think is even kind of sensitive information, to involve another member of staff in it. So it could be your supervisor or your deputy principal. And just before you contact that parent, have a chat to them because they might know some more information about that student or about the parent and they can help you form that email or make that phone call to pass on that information. So really as teachers, uh, our interviews start from day one. And if we can start that communication early, then by the time we come to the sit-down formal parent-teacher interview, we already have a relationship with that parent. And so any other information we need to give them will be easier to communicate because we're not telling them this major piece of information for the first time. And also, it's important for us as teachers to remember that parents are the first educators of their child. And every day at home, the parents are both formally and informally educating their children. So for us as teachers, that they can be our best asset. Parents can be our best asset as long as we communicate with them early and regularly if need be. So that's a bit of um, preparation you can do for your parent-teacher interviews to make them go smoothly is just to make sure that any major pieces of information that the parent isn't hearing for the first time when they sit down in front of you in that interview. So that's tip number two. Don't put any major surprises onto the parents during the interview. The third tip is that when it comes to showing parents examples of work, less is more. And two or three specific pieces of work is better than flicking through a whole portfolio of work in the interview. And in my first year of teaching, I brought this whole major portfolio of work for every student. And being a primary school teacher, I teach every subject. So I had pieces of writing, I had maths examples, I had all of these pieces of assessment we had done throughout term one. And what I found was that by the end of the interviews, I'd pretty much just shown the same three pieces of work to each parent. And that was a piece of writing, it was a maths example, and it was a research task that we had done. And I found that in the 15 minutes I had with them, and some of you may have longer or even less time than that with your parents, in that time, those three pieces of assessment were enough because we could look at the, the major skills we do in class of writing, of maths and of research and that gave me a lot to talk to the parents about and so I didn't end up using all those mountains of of work that I brought for each student and also the other great thing about having just a few pieces of targeted work to show the parents is that I as the teacher I now know those pieces of work inside out and I can give specific uh, feedback and information to the parents about that piece of work and just before the interview I can have a look at them and I can pick up on some little things that I can show the parents and so I come across as more prepared and then I have more targeted things to show the parents. So that is tip number three that when it comes to showing work examples less is more. The fourth tip is something that I learned the hard way after my first round of interviews and that is to not make any unrealistic promises that will make more work for yourself. So after my first ever set of parent-teacher interviews, I had about 10 families that for the next few weeks I had promised individualized, targeted homework activities to. 
and I realized pretty late that Friday afternoon that I dug a pretty big hole for myself. Now, differentiation is one thing. We should always differentiate for each student and their individual needs. But offering to bend over backwards to send individual pieces of work just after having one quick conversation in a spur-of-the-moment parent-teacher interview, um, that's a whole other thing. And that created lots of unnecessary extra work for me. So just be careful in your interview because there will be parents who ask for more revision or more extension work or more support. And these are all really important things that your school community can offer. But instead of promising to do it yourself, see how you can best use the school's resources to meet these requests from the parents and don't put it all on yourself. So for example, uh, if a parent asks for more maths homework, instead of promising to send home individual sheets every day and problem-solving tasks like I did after those first interviews, try inviting the student instead to come to the school maths and science club if there's one that meets after school or invite them to, to join the Tournament of the Minds team or something similar like that and a program that your school already offers. So instead of taking it all upon yourself, have a look at the wider school community and talk to other staff members about how you can support that student. And also, in the interview, if a parent asks you something that you're not really sure about, don't try and make something up on the spot. So don't try and just give an answer straight away uh, when maybe the information you're giving them isn't quite the right information. Simply write it down and then get back to the parent with the correct answer the day after or shortly after the interview. So that is the fourth tip. Don't make any unrealistic promises to parents in the parent-teacher interview. And that's actually quite a good segue into the final tip. And this is tip number five. And that is to make sure that you bring notes but also take lots of notes during the interview. And so whenever I walk into a parent-teacher interview, I've got the student's name up the top of a piece of paper. I've got some strengths and I've got some areas of improvement. I've got the personalized story that I'm going to share about the student. And then I have some examples of work next to that. But all throughout the interview, I'm writing down notes about what the parent is asking or about what the parent is saying. And if I need to action anything, I write that in big words down the bottom of the piece of paper. So if the parent asks for some maths extension work, I'll write that down the bottom of my piece of paper. And the next day, I'll send the parent an email with some ideas of how their child could extend themselves in maths. Uh, like I said before, joining one of those maths and science clubs or something else. It's really important to write that information down because it would be pretty embarrassing to receive an email two weeks after a parent-teacher interview going, hi, um, Mrs. Smith, you said in the interview that you were going to give my son some more extension work and I haven't heard back from you since what's going on there. So you want to avoid situations like that. So make sure that in the interview you have lots of notes with you so you seem prepared, but also write down any concerns, questions or actions that you have with that parent about their child. And that brings us to the end of episode three of the Teacher's Guide podcast. Those five tips again for parent-teacher interviews are to have a personalized positive story about each student. The second one was to make sure you don't drop any major surprises on the parents or pieces of information that they would be hearing for the first time. The third tip is that when showing work examples, less is more. 
The fourth tip is to not make any unrealistic promises that will be making more work for yourself. And the final tip is to bring a page of notes about the student so you seem more prepared and take some notes as well. If you would like any more information or you have any questions about parent-teacher interviews, please feel free to get in contact with me at theteachersguide.com.au or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at forward slash theteachersguidepodcast. Wherever you are in your teaching career, I wish you all the best and please join us next time for episode four of the Teacher's Guide podcast.